This is an ode to blackness, to black women, to vulnerability and to visibility. And in the words of one of my heroes, the resilient and prolific Miss Audre Lorde, I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal and shared, even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood. That the speaking profits me beyond any other effect. I am standing here as a black woman, and the meaning of all that waits upon the fact that I am still alive and I might not have been. This is a platform to magnify the voices of the ignored and the unheard. So please join me on my journey of speaking up and speaking truth. This is Speak, and I am Kaya Coleman. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Speak. This is episode three, and it is a heavier topic, but I think it's a very important one because it's extremely relevant right now with everything we're seeing in the media. And so the topic is misogynoir, and I want to discuss how it specifically manifests within our own community through looking at Black celebrities and looking at the media and what it's showing us right now. And I think the topic that is on everyone's minds currently is Megan Thee Stallion getting shot by Toy Lanes. I don't want to talk about what happened because we don't know what happened. We weren't there. It's also not really our business. But I think we should talk about what has been made our business and what she has presented, and that is the fact that she got shot. And I think even just knowing that and seeing people's reaction to this information shows a lot about misogynoir within our own community. And so I'm going to start with just explaining what misogynoir means. And that way we all make sure we're on the same page and there's no confusion. And so misogynoir is exactly what it sounds like, really. It's combining the words misogyny and noir, which means black. And it is a term that was coined by Moya Bailey. She's a black woman, a professor at Northeastern. And she used this term to describe what she calls the specific brand of hatred against black women. And this specific brand that she's referring to is that intersection of racism and sexism. Because white women experience misogyny at the hands of the patriarchy as well, but they only experience the sexism part. Well, we have a patriarchy that's rooted in racism. So as black women, we experience not only the oppression that comes through our race, but that that comes through our gender as well. And then when you include black women that also embody other marginalized identities, there's even more oppression that follows that. And so misogynoir was a way for her to recognize that specific intersection of racism and sexism and how it manifests within black women in our livelihood. And so I want to look at the Toy Lanes and Megan situation through that lens and through that innate prejudice against black women, because I think it's very relevant within our own lives. And looking at it through the media is important because I think that's what most people pay attention to. And I think that's what influences our society the most. So let's get into it. The first point that I want to make is that Black women shouldn't always have to be the ones to protect Black men, especially at their own expense. And what made me so sad about the situation is when she was telling the story of her interaction with the police that night, 
and how she decided to lie about getting shot because she didn't want him to get shot by the cop and she didn't want anyone else to get hurt. She just decided to pretend that she wasn't in pain and that she didn't just get attacked in order to protect the same person that attacked her. And I think this idea that black women are just supposed to kill themselves for the sake of black men is ridiculous, but it's so ingrained in our society that even in a moment where she's bleeding from her feet and adrenaline is pumping, her innate reaction, her first reflex is, let me protect this black man. And that's because black women have been taught since birth to be caretakers and to be caregivers and to protect and do things for the validation and for the the approval almost of black men. It's like we're taught to do everything in relation to black men. We're even taught to do our healing in hopes of attracting a black man. So it really shouldn't come as a surprise that even in a moment where she was fearing for her life, Meg's first response was, let me figure out a way to protect this black man. I think we should protect black men. I think that's important. However, I think black men should reciprocate said protection, and I don't think that happens. And I think because black men aren't all out here shooting women or raping women, they assume that they're not upholding misogynoir. Um, or that they're not abusing or mistreating women, but cheating on and lying to and doing all sorts of other things that you guys do to women still counts as mental and emotional abuse. And that's just as bad because it's still an act of violence against black women. And so we can't normalize one and not the other because they all are categorized under misogynoir. And so... Just because you aren't the biggest misogynist doesn't mean that you're not contributing to that same system of misogynoir and thus contributing to that same oppression of black women. And I think if anybody should understand the oppression of black women and the place that we hold in society, it should be black men. So the fact that there's such a lack of empathy and a lack of understanding is alarming. And that leads me to my next point which is looking at black men's response. Because so many black men decided that this was the week to show their ass. And so many people's response to Megan was, well, what did you do to provoke him? Or, well, we have to wait to hear Tory's side. Well, what does it matter what Tory has to say? Because nothing he can say is going to validate shooting her. Like, what do y'all want to hear from Tori? Yeah, I shot her. Like, I don't I don't understand what hearing his point of view does for the situation because it shouldn't have happened regardless. I don't care what she did. She doesn't deserve to get shot in her feet. And especially by somebody who was in her life and who she trusted, that it should never come to that, ever. And if your first response to a Black woman expressing her trauma is what did you do to deserve that? Then you need to check yourself because why are you so okay with black women going through things like this? Why do you think it's okay at all? It shouldn't be. And I think that goes to show a bigger issue within the community, which is just how normalized misogynoir is and just how 
ingrained it is in our society. And I think that's why dissecting things that happen in the media is so important because the media is often the biggest perpetuator of these stereotypes against black women and of this misogynoir and of this reaffirmation that black women deserve less or for some reason deserve violence. And I think one of the biggest examples of this is looking at Tyler Perry and his entire filmography because if it's one thing Tyler Perry is going to do, he's going to let a black woman get abused. He is going to highlight a black woman and allow her to get cheated on, to get physically abused, to get sexually assaulted, whatever it is. He always makes sure that black women experience some form of pain before they're allowed to experience anything positive. Why do we accept that as the norm? And then we watch that over and over again. And then we listen to music by people like Future, which don't get me wrong, I understand the hype around the beats and his his music. Like I get it, even though most of his songs sound the same, but he's consistent. And I think that's what people like. You know what you're getting from Future. You're getting misogyny and you're getting the same beat. People like that, but the problem with reaffirming that massaging that you hear over and over again is that even if you don't think, even if you think you can like separate your mind when you're listening to music and you think like, oh yeah, like I'm listening to this, but it's not affecting me, you're still internalizing this and you're still becoming okay with and normalizing all the negative things that happen to black women on a daily basis. And so when you see it happen in your own life or you see it happen in the media and in Megan's life, you react in a way where you just assume that she must have deserved it or it's warranted because you're used to seeing black women get less and you're used to seeing black women be treated in a certain way. So much so to the point that you just think that's okay and that's what should happen. And even black women think this about ourselves now. It's gotten to that point because black women go into relationships just waiting for the moment they get cheated on, just waiting for the day because your your prize for your prize for dealing with the BS is you get to, you know, live happily ever after with this black man. So you just assume that you have to go through whatever it is he wants to put you through in order to be worthy of the happiness that is supposed to come to you because of the relationship. That isn't necessarily our fault, but it is our fault if we become aware of it and we don't do anything about it. And so I think the first step is having conversations like these and using events that happen in our lives to question things and to question the relationship between black men and black women. I don't think that's divisive. And I think when people say that mentioning our own issues within the community is a divisive thing, I think that they're just very misinformed because you can't jump to the next thing and you can't move on and and talk about other people's oppression if you don't focus on the most oppressed. You can't ignore black women in our struggle and think that you're going to get the freedom that you want. There's no freedom without the freedom of the black woman. You have to free the most unfree before you experience freedom. Otherwise, your freedom is fake and invalid. So we can't separate the two fights because it's not a separate fight. The fight for freedom and the fight for equality is one that exists in a lot of different realms. You can't tell black women to be quiet about theirs because it inconveniences you. Black women are not punching bags. We are 
not superheroes. We are magical, but we are human, and we shouldn't be expected to just deal with whatever. People keep saying, oh, like, don't worry, Meg, you're built for this. Black women are not built for this. No one is built for trauma. No one is built for abuse. It's just what y'all keep giving us, and black women are built to survive, so we deal with it and we handle it. But we are not built for this. And when you say that black women are built for things like this, you're once again reaffirming this idea that black women lack fragility or that black women can handle every single thing you throw at them. Black women shouldn't have to live in situations that compromise their well-being simply because you think that we're built for this and this is what we're supposed to have. And that very belief that black women deserve less is why certain black men respond to black women voicing their opinions the way that they do. Because if you never intended on giving black women a voice to begin with, obviously you're going to be annoyed and upset when a black woman speaks. And you're going to label her as angry or you're going to ignore her because you never intended on her voice mattering to begin with. And so that can also even be considered a form of gaslighting because the very nature of gaslighting is just manipulating someone to the point where they're questioning themselves and their own sanity and their own existence. And so if a black woman speaks and your first reaction is, nah, I need some more validation, I need some other source to, to prove that what you're saying is correct or what you're saying matters, now as a black woman, you're starting to think, well, is what I'm saying mattering? Like, is my voice serving a purpose? Like, should I even be feeling this way? Are my feelings valid? Is what I'm saying making sense? Because everyone's ignoring me, so maybe it's not. And then you lead to black women having all these self-identity and self-esteem issues because every time they're trying to speak their truth, it's questioned. And we can even look at the Kiki Palmer and Trey Song situation if you don't understand how this is shown through the Meg one. Because Kiki warned us about Trey Songs being a predator a very long time ago, and everybody just brushed it aside. Like, everyone just ignored it. She even went on the Wendy Williams show, and Wendy was like, yeah, that lawsuit is pointless. It doesn't make sense. What? <laughs> if a black woman is being sexually harassed, take action. It always makes sense for you to want to take action against the person that's assaulting you. And people ignored Kiki and belittled her and gaslit her. And now we have two white women come forward and talk about how abusive and manipulative Trey Songs is and how he's a sexual predator. And now people are calling for Trey Songs to be canceled. But when Kiki said it, it was crickets. And now a white woman tells you something and you listen. Black women deserve that same energy. The first time I say something, you should listen. I shouldn't have to repeat myself over and over again. I shouldn't have to make myself worthy enough to be heard. I'm a human being, so I deserve that platform regardless. We need to stop treating black women as if they're lesser than human, as if they don't deserve anything. It's like black women are ignored and ignored until the point where we're screaming and now you look at us and say, why are you being so aggressive? Why are you so loud? Like, why are you being so angry? Well, if I was being oppressed by even the same people who were supposed to protect me, would you not also be angry? 
why are you telling black women to fix their tone? If a black woman is giving you attitude, it's probably warranted. If a black woman is speaking in a tone of desperation, it's probably warranted. Black women go through a lot and are expected to just remain stoic and never be affected by everything that's happening around them. So when a black woman gets to the point where we feel like our we have to speak up and we have to ask for help, best believe that that was probably the last straw. And so you should really listen to this woman <laughs> because if we're saying it, it matters. And it should matter not only after we've been shot or killed or any other act of immense violence, it should matter the moment that we decide to open our mouths. And so I want us to move away from only paying attention to black women when it's too late and only supporting and loving and protecting black women when we're a hashtag, because at that point it doesn't matter. We're already dead. Your your we are black men post isn't going to bring us back. Your hashtag say her name actually isn't going to do shit because you've already killed us, right? And I don't mean I'm not blaming black men for the deaths of black women in in police brutality, but what I'm saying is that you weren't paying attention to black women in police brutality until Breonna Taylor was shot eight times. It shouldn't take eight bullets for you to recognize that there's also a war on black women. It's not just black men. It's not just about y'all. And the Toy Lanes and Megan situation helped us really see at one of the most famous levels and one of the most prominent levels that even black women in Hollywood are also being mistreated by black men and are also suffering from misogynoir the same way that black women in everyday life are. And so, like I said before, even though what happened to her is extremely tragic and it's extremely sad and it should not have happened, we still have to pay attention to it and we still have to talk about it and we still have to do so in a constructive way. And so that's why I wanted to highlight those main points of one, Black women should not have to be the ones to save the world. We are tired. We are very tired. It's okay for you to step up. In fact, it's encouraged. I think we could move a lot faster if we were practicing solidarity more and if certain men were stepping up to the plate. And if this shoe doesn't fit, then ignore it. Just keep going. Keep doing what you were doing before. But if you feel some type of way, that means that the shoe is on and the shoe is fitting. So you should probably address that. And think about ways in which you are contributing to massage noir and to that oppression of black women. And that brings me to my second point, which is check that misogyny at the core, right? It's obviously internalized. And so we need to do a better job as black people with checking our own internalized misogyny. I have experienced more trauma at the hands of a black man than I have from any white supremacist. I've experienced more body shaming and colorism, and I can go on for a long time of the isms that I've experienced because of black men, but that should show you that there's a problem. And my last point slash takeaway is just listen to black women. I've said it a thousand times today, and I'll always say it. I think you can learn so much by just listening to black women and paying attention to the black women in your own life. 
And so I would encourage people to spend some time reevaluating your relationship or relationships with the black women in your life, whether that be romantic relationships or just your, your sister, your family, just any relationship you have with another black woman. And see if you've been treating her the way that you should. See if you're doing everything you can, like you say you are, to protect her. Because just because you're not shooting her doesn't mean you're protecting her. And black women deserve way more than the bare minimum. But yeah, those are my current thoughts about misogynoir and the way I've been seeing it impact our communities. And I think we have a lot of work to do. But the first step is always acknowledging that the problem does exist and working from that point forward. And so I believe that we can fight the patriarchy. I believe that we can fight against misogynoir. And I believe that we can do a better job at protecting black women. And so that's all I have for this episode. But I wanted to also say that, number one, I'm always very thankful for everyone that listens. And I want this to be more so a movement, like I called it originally. I want it to be a movement because that involves community. And I want you guys to feel like you have a place on Speak and that you have a place with this platform. And I had been asking some friends for feedback and one of my friends mentioned that you should make it more interactive and you should make it a, a way for people to feel like they can engage. And I think that's so important. And I don't think I was doing a great job at that before. So I wanted to say on this episode that it is about me and my healing, but it's about everyone. And I want people to feel as though they can contribute and have their themselves represented through the platform. That's the whole purpose of this. And so I'm going to do a better job at including other people um, and I hope to hear more about you guys and what you want and, and kind of what matters to you all. So be on the lookout for that. I don't know what it's going to be. I still haven't thought about it. But I am processing and trying to get better with every episode. So I do appreciate the feedback. Um, I like constructive feedback. I think it's really important. And so if you have anything to say, let me know. DM the page or email. It's all on the page and let me know. Um, but I'm excited to hear from you guys, and I want this to be a more inclusive thing. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and I will see you guys. I will not see you guys, but y'all will hear from me next Sunday. Hello. Hello.